Welcome to Self, where we discover what it means to be human in a society that shames us for trying to be ourselves. Within Self, we will delve into topics that make us who we are. We know that there's a lot of bullshit in the world that tells you what you are and what you are not. We're here to help you and ourselves filter through that. Come along with us as we embark on this journey of self. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Self Podcast. Welcome. We are bringing you part two of the Meg Models episode that we did last week. We left off um, with Meg discussing a little bit about the idea of equity and helping people disenfranchise get to where you are so it's some so there's a more um equal chance of just everything yeah like equal playing field and mm-hmm. stuff like that so we delve into some pretty good topics in part two uh we hope you enjoy and make sure that you come back next week to hear what we have in store for you yes bye <laughs> you well, do we are not supporting the people that need the most support first then how are we all gonna have an equal seat at the table Exactly. It doesn't fucking make any sense. Yeah. Because if we all get a plate of food, those of us who already had three plates of food have still have more than people that didn't. Exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. So, yeah, it's, I think it's really important. And on top of the fat, fat activism and the, and the you know, um, feminism and all of this that goes into it, I think it's very, very important that we address the intersectionality of everything. (laughs) Um, Because it is important. And if you you understand Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, and you understand uh, fat activism versus body positivity, then, and you're not combining all of these things, then I think that speaks very highly to the character of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to sit here and say, um, fat people are important, but not black fat people. Like that's, yeah. The, then what the fuck are you t- talking about? Like, you mm-hmm. you're just undercutting everything because it doesn't make any sense. So I think it's really important that that when we do understand the the parallels that we can draw from everything going on in in our social political realm of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that we start making connections and doing things like supporting fat black women and their, you know, adventures and goals and whatever it may be. Where did you learn about all of this stuff? I'm curious. <laughs> On the internet. On the internet, yeah. <laughs> I mean, were there people, were there like, was it magazines, like blogger, what was it? Or a um, mixture of it all? One person that I identified with when I first started modeling was... Um, uh, Jess Baker, the militant baker. Because um, she's you know, fat and white, and you know, she was speaking about all of these things. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I, came, <laughs> I came from a very non-diverse place in the world. The, there was like a Mexican family, a Vietnamese family, and everyone else was white. <laughs> And then when I went to college, the only, basically the only people that weren't, the only people that weren't white were like the athletes that were there on scholarship. I mean, there was a handful of Asians and a couple black people here and there, but for the most part, everyone that wasn't white <laughs> was, a, was an athlete. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because it was still very much of like, well, 
obviously the Samoan guy just is a stupid football player. Like, there was still a lot of, oh, he's just a stupid person of color, mm-hmm. fill-in-the-blank athlete. You know, yeah. like... It's kind of like, like, like feelings... To me, it's not like it's like feeling stereotypes as well. Totally, because mm-hmm. very, like, very like, much like, so. Like all the black men are gonna be on track or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, you know, and that's what like all the most of the Samoan guys and like Tongan guys on campus were on the football team, mm-hmm. and most of the tall, thin black guys were on the basketball team, and I mean, like that's how it was, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just. I mean, all of the horrible stereotypes that you find anywhere are, are just even more perpetuated in northern Idaho because the only thing that people know about people of color are stereotypes. So, yeah, it didn't make for a great college experience yeah. for people of color. <laughs> um, however, that's where, you know, that's where I came from. Um, but I was also raised by my parents like no one no one is better or worse than you because of the color of their skin Mm -hmm. yes you're white but that doesn't make you any more worthy of anything of respect money whatever it is than someone who has a darker skin color than you and um it's just i mean they grew up in a time that was I mean, they grew up in the in the Northwest where there were it's still heavily racist, uh-huh. um, very much white and um, very conservative. But they grew up like they neither one of them understands why people should be treated differently because of the color of their skin. Like they it just and I I don't understand it either. I don't understand why people need to treat others differently based on what color their skin is. It doesn't make any sense Your to me. Your parents are relatively young, right? Yeah, they are in their early 50s. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, so they were like in high school in the late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s. Um, they, were, they were born right about civil rights movement time. Mm-hmm. Like tail end as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but again, they were in like rural North Idaho you know, Eastern Washington, so everything gets there a little bit slower than (laughs) the rest of the world. Uh, (laughs) Like, are you literally just here about feminism? (laughs) Whoa, that's a thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then in like the 90s, 80s, 90s, like the Aryan Nations were held up in in North Idaho. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was like their like Straight. headquarters. Uh oh, it's fucking lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, <laughs> so that's like uh yeah, like when I grew up, yeah, in the nineties, when I grew up, like that was a that was just a thing. They were like, Oh yeah, the Aryan Nation Nazis are, you know, up the street. Like that's so you can sorry, so I remember when we were in Colorado and I think you were sleeping, I was driving, and I forgot, I forgot, it's, it's like a global organization, but it's a, based off of Nazism, and like, they had a giant, like, flag? No, no, oh. I forgot what it's called, fuck, but like, and like, like, their logo is like, it's like, it's like the, it's like the Earth and an Eagle, or something like that, I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's like, they're, like, they're a Nazi organization, basically, and they had a giant bobtail driving next to us, it was so, cause I was driving, cause, like, cause, cause, and when you guys were asleep, I was really like, 
should have woke me up and scared right. me. Well, no, really, but no, no, because I told you, I told you, I actually woke up, and I was, or, or, or maybe I or, think you did. Or, you told or, me you were scared. Or, 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 or maybe you wake up and see stuff. I can try that. That's not the truck because we were driving in Utah, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, my yeah. god. It was so fucking what they called. But yeah, sorry. But I just I said like you said like the Northwest. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. But yeah. I literally was like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. And they wow. finally got like kicked out by I don't know if it was state or federal, mm-hmm. but they like mm-hmm. got disbanded for the most part but north idaho eastern washington has always been one of those pockets of severe racism Mm -hmm. um for the most part my extended family is pretty racist um like my (laughs) my sister actually married a um an asian man and it took my grandmother three years to hold like a decent conversation with him so like that's the kind of family I grew up in um and it's a lot of just like casual racism Mm -hmm. just you know like in conversation my uncle will like throw out something just like if you're not paying attention then it just kind of goes unnoticed yeah um, and then, you know, you start learning about things and you're like, that's really fucking racist. Like, why are you saying that shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is true. It becomes yeah. normalized. Yeah. So, um, so that's, what was the question? Well, no, 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 well, I was asking because, because like, cause my, so like, so like, so like my, my 67, so he was born. 49, so he was about, like, 15, like, when the Civil Rights Act was enacted, so he, right. so, like, he, like, literally was, like, in that moment as, you know, like, as, like, as, like, a teenager in yeah. that, and, and, and he's, like, my mom, and my mom, um, was born 56, so she, so she, she was able to experience it as well, but, like, but, like, her, her parents, um, emigrated from, um, from, from Europe during the Holocaust, and so they, so, like, they had, they had a lot of prejudice and fears, so, like, she, like, she was raised, like, she was, always taught to, like, avoid, like, darker-skinned people. My mom was always, like, I don't understand, like, why. Like, she'd always be, like, I don't get it. Like, and, and, and like, and, like my, my great-grandparents, my aunt, like, 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 for my aunt, my dad was the first black man she'd ever talked to, like, in her life. So crazy. Like, and, and it, like, it's just, and so I was asking, like, really young, because, like, because, like, I imagine my parents, especially for my dad, to be, to be, like, more than a child at that time. Right. During during that moment, you know, and I mean, and like and like and like I and like he I I I had I had known this for a long time, but he told me that when he had grew up, the his family was raised on a farm. I realized that that farm was out like 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 was owned by a pair of white people. That literally that they they only lived on that farm because all the crops they made went for them, and that's the only reason why they were able to yeah, live on the farm. Yeah, so like, so like no, that's like it's like it yeah. legit was like 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 a mob form of like indentured servitude. Yeah. So like to like and and that was in like. The 50s. No, it's crazy. A like, lot of people don't realize like the effects of that. I think like, oh, this this the slaves were freed. Every no, the South no. has like struggled for fucking years. And it's still there. Like yeah. Central Valley, in California. Yeah. Like, like and it, yeah, and it has like, tra- it travels. That so shit travels. Yeah. That's the thing about that. So I was like, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um my my parents were they're younger um and yeah they they were born in the early sixties so they were it was they were kids as this was all happening and and they were you know not in any kind of metro city area so it was um it was different but somehow (laughs) they were they like you know used enough common sense that they were like 
That doesn't fucking make any sense. Like, yeah. why why are you treating people differently? Mm-hmm. That's amazing because all, all this education is taught. It's taught. It's, it's taught to children. And children, children are the ones that either perpetuate it or can change it. So it's, it's really amazing. Even I think the question just, like, with your education on, like, on, like the activism and stuff, like, you said that truly is, like, the internet. And it's sad because there's no public access to right. any of this education. Yeah. And, like, it's there, but you, you, you have to seek it out. And people, are, people just don't do that. And so it's sad when we have this conversation with people that don't understand because it's like they they were never educated. And a lot of times, they're still they're still. They're still I mean, to be honest, I would have never been educated on it if I didn't seek it out. Like if I wasn't right. feeling some type of like unrest and like mm-hmm. feeling like what the fuck is wrong with me? Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm dealing with all these things and I feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah. Is there any other like way of thinking? And if I would not have literally searched out body positivity, I would people, not have known anything. It's, pe- it's people of color. It's fat people. It's, it's queer people. It's people who are the marginalized ones that have the, that are the ones that have to seek it out mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, have to be the ones to educate everybody, exactly. everybody else on it. Yeah. But 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 but, the, that, but I feel like that sucks as well because then it 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 it, it relies on you to do it, and you mm-hmm. have to be the, you have to be the educator for something that at the end of the day people are never, just like, don't understand or they're gonna oppress you for regardless. I wasn't even. I was 25 before I started learning about all these things. Mm-hmm. I was 25. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that's not I mean it's not like 12 year olds figuring mm-hmm. you know learning in school or even in their teenage years like I was 25 I was a grown adult yeah. learning about this stuff and I'm like why why is it taking like why is it has it taken me 25 years to learn about this things you know and there's such an unlearning that you have to go through that's yeah. like constant like i know we're all constantly still oh, yeah the time. because we're still like those feelings still come up you still feel that way like oh should i change my body should i do this well like, and and even if even once you get to that point within yourself then you have to go out into the real world surrounded people. by people yeah. that haven't done that work and it's just like it's exhausting mm-hmm. it's so exhausting like i i don't even like having lunch in my office because I work in an office with like thirty other women. Oh my god, <laughs> that's all you literally. That's all you have to say. Like <laughs> it's exhausting. Uh-huh. I it it makes me furious to sit there and have lunch with these women because it's all all what they ate that day, what they're eating this week, um, what clothing their significant other will and will not let them wear. Um, how many calories that they can consume, um, what kind of exercises they're going to be doing later, and which ones worked and which ones didn't, and why they can't possibly wear that bikini on the beach, or why they can't possibly wear that sleeveless dress because their arm fat is going to hang. Like, it's just ridiculous shit that you, that I've spent years untraining, you know, unlearning Mm -hmm. And then I sit here and I just am surra- literally surrounded by yeah. it. And I'm like, I just, I can't deal with you people. Yeah. Because it just, you know, and then they look at me like, I'm the crazy one. and Because like, you're sitting here chilling, just like trying to fucking eat your yeah, lunch. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I, I can and totally like, relate. Like, how come, oh, someone asked one of my friends, one of my work friends, she was they, they were like, how come Megan never eats with us at, at lunch? She was like, because she doesn't like listening to your shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't know if you felt this way too.
too, because I, I went on a camping trip with my boyfriend's family, and so, like, we get there, and, like, he went with, like, the guys, whatever, and I had to go with the girls, and I'm like, fuck. And it's, like, four of us sitting there in the trailer. Remember I told you this? I think I might have texted you. You should have texted me. Because I, I was, like, having an internal freak out, because literally that's all they were talking about was, oh, my God, like, because she was like, oh, you look so cute. She was like, I'm, this is the fattest I've ever been. She's fucking skinnier than me, and I'm like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Like, that, there were all those yeah. things, and I'm like, yeah. and I told Jordan, I'm like, we're grown-ass women, and this is all you fucking want to talk about. Right. Is your fucking body. You don't want to talk about your accomplishments, what you want to do in the world, like, going no, to we're school. Gonna, yeah, going, you want to talk, your career, you want to Buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> Saving money. Like, no. you want to sit here and talk about how you don't want to wear the bikini, how, oh my God, how many calories is this, like, are you? This is what like this is what we as women yeah. get together. Mm-hmm. Talk mm-hmm. about religion. Talk about politics. Yeah! Talk about something. Fuck. We, we had a conversation in oh, previous God. episodes about like how people use that as as as, as like their like their agency connection to other people. Yeah. Like like that's that that's how you connect with each other is by saying oh we're like we're both fat and ugly. Like, that's how women. That's literally how like that's yeah. each other, you know like you know like yeah and like or like if you say like 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 if you say like oh, like my arms are too big. Then they respond with like, "Oh my, like my thighs too, or something." Like, like you have to keep downplaying yourself. And like, yeah, it's sad that you really cannot just be like, "Let's talk about positive things, like where we're going in our lives oh, and so what's next up of our well, relationship." Not, I mean, it doesn't even have to be positive yeah. things. It can be. <laughs> I mean, or how shit state, you feel, yeah, or how look at the state of our <laughs> union right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, anything else? I would rather talk about Trump than how many calories the salad has. Like, fuck, come on. How do you balance? Your mental health with that. Um, Wayne. <laughs> I become an introvert. Um, mm-hmm. I. It's. I'm in a. I'm in a weird place with the whole mental health thing, and it's not necessarily because. Like. It, I'm in a place where, I. I have PTSD from something that was out of my control. So up until that point, I had never really had any kind of mental disorders or mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, now after you know going to treatment for PTSD and like trying to figure all of that out, I've learned that I have always been like kind of high functioning anxiety. Um, nothing to the point where I couldn't function, but I mean, you know, constantly worrying about things I shouldn't have necessarily been worrying about and like all of these things where it's like, oh, I, you know, probably had anxiety before I had PTSD. Mm -hmm. So now I'm in this like heightened state of anxiety on top of all of the other PTSD symptoms and things that come along with it. And, um, and so now not only am I dealing with all of the industry mental health (laughs) triggers and what what mm-hmm. have yous um but now I'm also dealing with my PTSD so that's like it's like the difference I guess between like my my private mental health issues and then like my public mental health health issues so so like everything that happens online is public right mm-hmm. everyone sees it there's trolls and like everyone deals with it mm-hmm. we all get it but then there's, like, how that – so I have that, and then I also have, like, keeping my paranoia at bay while I'm, you know, trying to get to work. Like, that's something that doesn't have anything to do with my social media life, 
but something that I have to deal with on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm like still trying to figure out how to balance things, mental health things that happen in like the public eye and then everything else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so it's because of my PTSD, I've become much more introverted and, um, I get social anxiety now because I just don't necessarily want to be around other people. Like it just, sometimes it's not worth it to me. I'm like, do I really want to leave the house? No, I don't. Cause yeah. I don't want to, like, I just don't want to do it, which I wasn't really like, I was definitely like a, Hey, let's go out. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so that's definitely changed. But I also feel that some of that has to do with dealing with all of the online mental health as well because I've gotten to a point where I just don't want to deal with people's bullshit and like I don't want to have small talk conversations and unless I know someone or am really looking forward to the event like I would rather just not go and not have to put up the facade of being someone who actually is there to give a shit yeah so it's I don't know I've I've done a lot of trial and error just trying to figure out like what's the best route to to go and you know what is the best for me and how do I make it so that I you know don't have a panic attack yeah (laughs) so it's, it's hard yeah it is and it's it's something that I think everyone just has to be willing to to just kind of go through a trial and error phase with themselves and just say, you know, I'm going to try this. If it doesn't work after a few weeks, then it obviously isn't for me. Mm-hmm. If it's, you know, it's it's also you're trying to change part of your, of how your body runs, right? So if you, if you're dealing with, let's say you're dealing with anxiety because of trolls, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, first, you try to get rid of the trolls because obviously that's what's causing you anxiety, right? So you get rid of the trolls. Um, sometimes that's just like not looking at your phone for a couple days. Sometimes it's turning off comments on Instagram. Sometimes it's just, I don't know, um, opening a different app, like whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But if if doing the same thing doesn't help after a couple weeks and you're still you know feeling like shit then maybe it's time to look at a different avenue maybe it's time to okay well maybe maybe that isn't the cause maybe the trolls really aren't the cause of my anxiety or my stress or whatever it is maybe that was just you know um making that making something worse so it's I'm 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 a huge advocate in getting you know seeking out professional help and I mm-hmm. think that it's I think it's very important that everyone no matter your socioeconomic standing or race or ethnicity or popularity on Instagram like I don't it, it doesn't matter like if you are having mental health issues and you can't fix it yourself, which we shouldn't have to fix mm-hmm. it ourselves, um, 
go see someone, go talk to someone. There's plenty of free and low cost health professionals and, um, you know, um, resources online and all of these different things. I think there's even apps for it now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's ways to talk to people to get your mental health on track. And it's, I mean, some people use mental health as like a very vague term of like self care. Yeah. But I'm talking like legit mental health illness mm-hmm. disorders, whatever you want to call it. Like it's, when I'm saying mental health, I'm not saying, you know, turn off your phone and, like, you'll feel better in a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I'm talking, like, there's a lot of people that have undiagnosed and undi- un- mm-hmm. untreated mental health issues um, just because they just think that they can, like, do it on their own. And that's mm-hmm. not – no one should have to do it on their own ever. And there are so many resources out there now for people of – all incomes and races and everything else in between that there's no reason that people can't find help somewhere somehow yeah i think it's very important that we are telling people this all the time that if you need help and if you think that you have any kind of mental health disorder illness disease anything you want to call it get help go find help go talk to someone mm-hmm. i really appreciate that you that you always have the ability to look at the bigger picture so i didn't like for myself like it's like i think it was like a, like a week and a half ago she had challenged me with like with like just what, what was it it was it was it, what was it like saying crazy it was like something it was like saying what, what, what was the crazy word? insane <laughs> mm. it was it, 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 it wasn't it, it wasn't no crazy, it, it was um, like that it was just so. It was just such an interesting. It was um, prem 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 whatever the hell it, the, it's Gabby and Nicolette's new line. And they had a shirt. They have a shirt. One of their slogan. Oh tees. oh, and it said literal. It says literal, literal mess. mess. And I and I <laughs> I was like and I was like, oh, it's so funny because I was like because I was like I told you I don't have that shirt, and Meg had brought stuff stuff for them and it's like, but like people like literally can be messes because 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 like they're only like, mental health and mental disorders and like yeah. and saying literal mess is, is is like mocking that yeah and I and then the and like I told her I was, I was I was like I was like I also need to meditate on that because half me can identify with like I can say like I say I'm a mess all the time and then half me is like well I didn't think about that at all so like there could be people around you like, who like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah who I've, like, I've been at that like I've been a literal mess mm-hmm. and yeah. like and, yeah you, you, you don't want to be there funny, it's, it's not it's not like, funny it's, it's not funny to be yeah. in that position so I yeah I'm pretty sure you, that you you can take can take a step back in a lot of ways that I feel like but like, even myself I don't I, I don't I don't consciously think about yeah, even as we're talking to you, you connect everything to, like, this bigger, yeah. like, world. Like, it's like you're able to, like, be in it, but then you take a step back and you just, like, shed light on, like... It's really interesting that you're saying that. You which really I do. Find, which I, I think I find really fascinating with you being a, a white woman, to be quite honest. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, because, like, that's totally the quite opposite of what any white woman would ever think about. And, and like, and, like, it was, and this is stuff that, like, I, I, said, I said before, like, this is the people of color and, like, queer people... And like and, and and like and like being on being on on, on the spectrum, whether it's like with gender spectrum or like like um like autistic spectrum, like like these are just the people who who are affected by this have 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 to seek, and still don't even have the sort of the t- 
tools to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really really interesting just realizing that, like that it's coming from a white woman, and like. It's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> uh, Does that bother you? No, no, no. I think I think it's really like humbling and and flattering at the same time because and frustrating as well because yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Like it's, it's frustrating. It's like this is a, we should we should also be knowing ourselves too. That we well, and, and the fact that you're surprised that a white woman is saying these things is just it's frustrating as a white person because I'm like. Why? Why am I the only? Because sometimes I do feel like I'm the only one <laughs> yeah. that under that gets it, and I'm just like, how? How do people not see this? And it's yeah. because people don't want to see it because mm-hmm. they don't want change because they're afraid that they're going to lose something, for whatever it may be. No one wants to lose anything, and the general idea that you're going to lose something when someone else gains something isn't true. Mm-hmm. People can gain things, and you can stay right where you're at. Like it doesn't. It's not like if I give you a piece of pie, I have no pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like that does, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's I just when I I don't I don't know why I am the way I am. I've I've spent I, I'm a reader. I spend a lot of time reading things, and I always want to know and learn and figure out why people are so fucked up and like that's just that's just my analytical brain like trying to figure out what's going on and why it's going on and if there's a problem how do I do my part in fixing it and um I don't know I feel like it really started once I moved to California and I was alone and I didn't have my friends and family anymore. I didn't have anyone that I could, like, identify with. So I just kind of had to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of when I started making all of these connections and, like, realizing realizing that the world is bigger than the world I grew up in. And if I'm going to live in a bigger world, then I need to do my part because if there's a million me's we can actually do something like if there's a million people out there like me then we can actually make change but there has to be a million other people out there like me mm-hmm. so it's yeah <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty amazing because you could have had the complete opposite reaction coming out here having come from like a sheltered not very diverse place you know what i mean so that's pretty cool that you were able to flip the script and and not be like every other person. I do think I do think that something that that helped me was um when I moved down here basically all of my friends that I had down here were like jazz musicians and most of them are men and women of color mm-hmm. so um I looked to these people for you know guidance friendship all these other things and um having just like life conversations with them and realizing that the world is bigger than you know my little town and you know piece of the world in Idaho like the world's bigger than that and that was really cool to me and it still is really cool that I can have friends in Paris right now you know living their lives and you know still be connected to me like that's that's really cool and um 
and I've been in multiple relationships with men of color and being in an inner inner racial I hate saying interracial because it's really inner ethnic but yeah whatever <laughs> I always think that like, like, it's, I'm like Ugh. technically there's no races but you know that's another right. conversation yeah <laughs> I'll you right now. actually I now that you you just said that um in Idaho at the University of Idaho every freshman has to take uh a certain course I can't remember what it's called but like anthropology no it's um it's like Idaho has like a, a certain name for it and you have to take like one of these courses it's like a capstone course but backwards it's like mm-hmm. for freshmen okay um and you get to choose all these different courses like and there some of them are more anthropologist anthropo- anthropological anthropological yeah <laughs> whoa and while you might right here <laughs> I was out of my realm for a second. I was like, and the what? <laughs> no, wasn't. And the Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the class that I took, and you had to take it for your whole first year, so you had to take it two semesters. The class I took was called Race, Ethnicity, and Identity. Sorry, I took a class somewhere. I wonder, okay, keep it up. So, my professor for this course was this, like, super liberal hippie white boy from Idaho like um totally just like stick it to the man like fuck the system sort of guy and um he I think that's honestly that's probably when I started to kind of realize what the world was actually like mm-hmm. um because he was one of those I mean I was 18 and he was just like, fuck the system. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's I was like, okay. <laughs> but I, I learned I learned a lot. And I learned, you know, I mean, yeah, I was this white guy teaching it. But at the same time, like, I learned there, you know, there, there's, there's one, race, one race. The human race. And then there's, and then you have ethnicities and nationalities and all these different things. And, and people identify with different things. And how they identify is important. And all these different different aspects of just human human nature and humankind and how it all fits together and what we can do and we being a whole class of white people um how do you <laughs> that's a deep ass fucking round <laughs> no no because like, our conversations were like we discussed like how like, racism not exists here or something so it's like that just ties into a really deeper realm. That was like, wow. So, and we, and you know, and we, we would talk about shit like that. And then it always came back to, well, it does exist. So yeah. this is, you know, and these are, this is how it's systematically ingrained in our society. And like all of these things that as an 18 year old living in Whitesville, middle of nowhere. Yes. Um, it was something that I had never experienced ever. Like as far as I knew, Christopher Columbus was like um, the, you know, <laughs> the savior, right? <laughs> so it's like, I think we all learned that. Found everything yeah. for us, right? And then you know you get into this class and you're 18 with a bunch of white kids, and he's like, "You're wrong. Everything you learned is wrong." And you're like, "Wait, what?" And mm-hmm. like, you know, he'll he would straight up have this like 
intense conversation with this white boy that was like convinced that white people were the you know god's gift to the earth and he's like no you're fucking wrong like (laughs) this is why and so it was really it was really interesting being in that class and seeing people change and like understand how how literally race and ethnicity and identity are all three different things and how it makes up so much of all of the societal issues that we're facing and it was just really those two semesters it was just it was really interesting and really educational to start out a college career in a middle of nowhere white ass town like that and it was just it was if I hadn't had those classes I I don't know if I would be talking about what I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like, literally be here. Like, yeah. Just Definitely. Do we just mind fuck you with the whole, there's no, there's only one race? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> race yeah. doesn't only exist because, like, society has made race as a thing. But, yeah. like. Like I've had, like like I've had, I've had conversations like that, that like that before. It's like, okay, can't can you actually have conversations like that before? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, like, no, no, but like, but like, but I like, but like, the, the racing definitely was like. Yeah, know. it's kind of interesting. I remember feeling that same like, when I first heard it. But then like, I was like thinking about what I was conversations about like, racism, like not as like literally being like like, like an intangible construct. That was that was what you're saying, but the racing fucking threw me. <laughs> I'm shook to the core. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland's my new right now. Wow. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it is, um, it's really interesting being in a room full of white people, learning about race and racism and ethnicity being taught by a white person. Mm-hmm. And it could have went really, really wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it so could have been really, really bad. Like, the whole, like, Iron Race coming. <laughs> like, that's what it could have been. It's like, Aryan Nation. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome, you know, like, orientation. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> but it was, um, it was really great, and it was not horrible. And it was, um, it was something that every white person in Idaho should have went through and should have taken the time to had you know to to learn that information because it's something that I don't even think about most of the time and I actually completely slipped my mind until you said race and ethnicity and I was like oh my god I that course um so it's just it's yeah it it's something that changed a lot of things yeah I had at community college I took um I think it was literally called the same thing like race ethnicity identity and um, it was a white woman who taught it, but she had inter uh, eth- eth- how do you say it by Bi- biracial kids basically. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so interesting because like it the way the course was set up is like it took you through different ethnic groups. So like we looked at like black people and like things that they've gone through and like the di- the meaning behind different words like black, African American, mm-hmm. Negro, like the origin of all that. We went through Native Americans. We went through like Hispanic and Mexican, which like Hispanic was like made by like. Americans to like classify a group of, like that's right. like a real word like yeah. shit like that where you like you don't even think about like the way how you <laughs> what you call different groups of people like Latinos like where they come from like how you know what I mean like and it's really eye opening because it, it like it takes you out of just your own experience and makes you realize like oh shit there's all these different kind of people around me constantly and you never know where they're coming from or you know what they identify with and stuff so it's kind of interesting 
I want to sidestep. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to process like, really well. Uneducated white people are going around saying that that's what it is what it is. Well, no, it isn't because your textbooks that you were learning or whoever was learning from mm-hmm. tell them one story and it's not the correct story. Exactly. Well, the- and when you only have an eighth grade, eighth grade education, what you learn is what you learn in elementary school, middle school. Like, that, well, that's the it. people who tell the stories are the people that are in power. The ones who tell the story. It's the people who win and people who are in power. So it's always going to be told from learning from that. That's why you lens. only learn about like the same five black people who ever did anything yep. in history, which is like fucking Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King. Like mm-hmm. three. There, there's a yeah. three that you ever learn about. Yeah. Yeah. Who else do you, you fucking learn never, about? You'll never learn about the black man who had the streetlight. Yeah. Ever in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you read, unless you no, go unless, out and seek unless, out like that one right. book. Anything, it's, yeah. It's literally it's this. Big it's a paragraph in, your, in, the in comparison book. to Christopher Columbus, yeah. who gets a whole fucking chapter. Yeah. As I say, like, damn, <laughs> yeah, and like, like it legit, but like it legit is a facet of like American, like like, like American society because this is ingrained like like all of our sports. Yes, teams. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I mean, like I mean, Indians, like, the Indians are a team on the what? No, they are. It is NFL, MLB, the, FIFA, um, wherever it is, like major, not major, minor league baseball. There's a Spokane Indians. Mm-hmm. Like 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 all like, but like American society is literally. Like, like, truly, like, like, it's, it's in rooted in, like, in, 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 like, in, like, appropriation and mockery of other cultures. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, like, and, like, and, like, well, it's so, was a bit off of that 200x, like, to, what, 300 yeah. like, some years ago? It's really, it's just really baffling, though, when, like, you see the history behind it. Because even, like, when the immigrants, when immigrants started coming in, uh, during, what is that, the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it was. Like, in, like, like, no, but, like, legit, 30, like, 40, my 50, teachers, like, like, my teachers showed us, like, how they would classify, like, they had it, they classified people and mm-hmm. you had to fit in a category so like if you came like Jews weren't even like mm-hmm. Jews weren't considered white you weren't mm-hmm. white enough like mm-hmm. right. there was literally like a yeah. stepping stone of like who from the European like countries mm-hmm. would be considered white and who would not be considered white if you were Irish if you're Irish you weren't white yeah. like, there was so much discrimination against Irish people if you were Italian yeah. you were you, 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 you were like a category of white the Irish people were literally killed yeah. Anyway, yeah. And, and it's because, like, as if they truly American American history is not that long. No, it's not that long. It is. It is nowhere Slavery's, near impossible. What two generations back for us? Like my grandmother. The, 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 well, yeah. Uh, legit, yeah no, well, no, my great, our great, it'd be great. The great. For no, but, but for you was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like we like said, like like my grandma's like like the sharecropping farm. Like, yeah. Like that's my grandparents. That's like, true. And and my like, grandma legit, was from like, the South like, of my day. Yeah. Like in like American history is not that hard, and like. The, it honestly isn't even a jump to make because it's literally only 300 years that's literally documented for you <laughs> like it's 300 years that you can just take a look at it's it's in it's in your backyard it's in your library it's on it's online the mm-hmm. and that's the information literally is at your fingertips mm-hmm. it's not a jump people just don't want to take a step nope. at all Okay, so originally, I'm cute. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, originally I had a side step into. Um, yeah, what was uh, that side step? Social media plays into the standards of beauty. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a big side step. <laughs> it was, that, that that's a jump. <laughs> this is literally where we are, and this is where. <laughs> yeah, it's like a different continent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wedding? Is it just me? No. no. Yes. It's. Really, oh, we should like. You should just got really heated. I know. I think <laughs> I did get heated. We should, so we, like, we, we should stop being nude right now. What? 
What did you say? You think I'll be nude right now? We should just all be nude right now? Oh my god. I was reading something and they it was just like it's like it's like you because because Megan said before that like 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 she legit will like just like nude selfies to her friends and and like I'm like. But like I literally, but I, I, I was, I, I was, I was reading somebody's like like a calmer article, and literally was like, "Be new with your friends." It's probably like, it's like one of those fun things, like liberating things to ever do. And I was like, "Are you trying to suggest anything?" Yeah. That we're gonna have? But hey. yeah, my friend Kayla always <laughs> sends me like new pictures. I should mm-hmm. you not like she'll send me a boot pic or like she'll be Facetiming me and she's like, "Oh, I'm naked," and she like lift up. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But then I'm like, "Oh, it's just Kayla." So then it becomes like it's like not a big deal. You love Sephora. She likes me all the time. Does she really? Her ass cheeks. I'm like, I'm gonna fuck about your butt. Yeah. And she always wear her boob. I'm like, I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, sorry if that's what you're saying. That was the thing. Um, I have yeah, I have some friends that like when they come over to my house, they just like take off their pants. <laughs> like they just like Damn. hang out in their underwear and yeah. like I'm usually naked. So it's you know that's so cool. <laughs> like it is, yeah. It is. Like the the, the hearing is so cool, but I'm like in my head. I have, tell to, I have to I have to unlearn everything. <laughs> like like this no. is so cool. <laughs> article like even if it was just like oh. soft, like I don't think I could do that. Uh, I mean I could do it. I think I have. I think I'd struggle. I, feel like, I would yeah. struggle. Yeah. I think yeah. it would take some time to like feel. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I what no 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 I mean I I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a thing about indoors, so I'm like I'm like I'm like one hour away from yeah being there. We do that. That's yeah. True. But but yeah like but yeah like have a shirt off, I just I'm like, oh. like I've seen you with your shirt off and you see me like holding my boobs as there's yeah. a fucking cockroach in the yeah. in the shower. <laughs> she's like, great. she's like, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> Which is the grossest spot. No yeah no yeah I well the yeah fuck out. Like, well no what I'm, I'm like and like and you like walk by I'm changing sometimes but but maybe it's like oh, yeah, like walk by I'm changing you're like oh my god now like oh my god and we're both like oh my god and we're like she saw me naked and then I am like and then the first first second I'm like bitch should see me naked <laughs> <laughs> she should see all this like no 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 so, and you're so much, like <laughs> inner dialogue and you're like right. talking. <laughs> Is it a bit more thing of that? Because I like 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 I've used to use to point before in my mind. Like I'm like I'm I'm like I'm like I know like this is truly like normalized. I should just not go fucking just do it and mm-hmm. like just do it. And but I'm like no, no, no it's so weird, it's so weird, it's so weird. Well, she looks like what the fuck? <laughs> what about an easy transition into social media? Would be like I f- I feel like before you talked about how you try to like show your body in ways that like typically you don't see fat bodies shown, mm-hmm. right? right? And so, like, to me, that kind of, like, uh, could tie in with, like, beauty standards and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because you don't see people in... You don't see people shape like, shaped like that doing that. And so, yeah. I guess, like... I don't know what the question around that would be, but, like... Well, like well, I don't know. I, like, well, I, well, I, well, I'm actually, like... Okay, okay so, so, Terry, I, I posted I post a picture of, like, a fucking garden, right? And the thing I was saying, like, we're so overstimulated and overwhelmed by what we see in our feet because all of us different bodies. And... A lot of it is what you see is curated content towards you about like about like about like commercial clothing and like mm-hmm. fitting in these right clothes. That means you have to have like the best body for it. And you have to have like you you have to have eyeglass shape or like or, or, or like rounder hips and a bigger butt and bigger boobs for a man. You have to have nice biceps and bigger and like bigger pecs muscles and all that shit. And it's like like that like that's like that's what you that's what you constantly fed. And so and and so being so counterculture to that. Mm-hmm. As a person, as a mom, as a figure, like how how from when you first stepped into now, from when you first stepped into this realm to now, how has your like standard and definition of beauty changed with that? So I think that 
when we're talking about beauty and and how someone sees themselves, I think that it needs to become a personal experience. Um, I don't think beauty should be a social construct. I don't think it should be a public construct. Um, I think that it's it's something that we need to take more personal. Um, and be, because we're thrown all of these things of what we should look like and, and what we need to look like and what shape we need to be and all of these different things and what color our hair needs to be, what, what um, cut is popular for fall, like who the fuck cares? No one cares, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone cares. So I think that what, what we need to do is make it a, make it a private journey, a personal journey, a personal fulfillment so if you feel that you look awesome you are entitled to feel that way mm-hmm. and that's where that's where we have to you know say fuck whatever public standards are out there and make it a a personal revelation and say this is this is what i look like and unless I alter my being through weight loss, plastic surgery, whatever it may be, this is what I'm going to look like. Mm-hmm. So you either have to learn to love that or look to alter yourself. Like, those are, those are your two options, yeah. basically. And, um, I mean, altering ourselves can be multiple different avenues. But we have to learn to, to love ourselves for ourselves. And it's, I just, I really think that we need to take everyone else's opinion out of it because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And, um, what I, what I really try to do in my work is I don't like, I don't necessarily like to label myself with beauty or those kind of those kind of words like I don't like to put that on on my work because not because I don't think that I am a beautiful person but because it doesn't matter if I think I'm a beautiful person yeah Yeah. so um I think that it's important for us to all feel that way personally and I think that's important that someone if someone sees my photo and says I can relate to this and it makes me feel beautiful. That's important. But I don't want people saying, oh my God, she's so beautiful. Like, because I have become like a standard of beauty. Like, that's not, mm. that's not what I'm aiming for. Mm. I'm aiming for people to see me and to be like, I've never seen a fat person sitting down naked in a photograph before. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I want, I want people to connect in that way and to say, it's something that they've always known to exist, but they've never seen it represented. Mm. And so my personal beauty journey has been, I've, I've taken it private. I've, I've taken it off of my social media and um, I, it's not that I don't like or appreciate when people say you're a beautiful person, you're pretty, this is, you know, great color on you, whatever it may be. But, like, those, that's not what I'm going for. Like, I don't want people to 
bombard me with flattery because they think I'm a pretty person. Like that's not that's not the point of what I'm doing. The point of what I'm doing is I want people to see things that they've never seen but known to exist and I want people to see things in a different light and I want people to to see my work and think of the world in a different way. Oh, that's really powerful the whole idea of like like not aspiring like not aspiring to beauty. Yeah. Since, Remember like, we had that conversation like, 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 like ugly or pretty it's beauty because you're you're not aspiring to be beautiful. It's really just because it's beautiful. Yeah. Whatever it is. What were you going to say? I remember we had the conversation about, like, um, fuck it or something. Um, ba- just basically, like, you don't have to be beautiful. Like, you don't, right. you don't mm-hmm. have to be beautiful. You could be, uh, like, you can just be, uh, yeah, just, like, taking beauty out of it completely. Mm-hmm. But, like, even in your everyday life. Like, so I think it's really powerful to see it in, like, a work of art but then mm-hmm. take and also taking that into your daily life and kind of what you said like taking it private because I think the more that you look for like that outward um not what's the word like, acceptance or yeah, whatever yeah, the word yeah, is yeah it's just like it's like a, you're just always chasing that like you're yeah. never gonna come to find it for yourself right you're always gonna be waiting for that next comment or waiting for that next like mm-hmm. and at the end of the day we all we're all gonna change our bodies always change mm-hmm. we're not gonna look the same our hair is gonna change we're gonna get like it's all temporary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the more that you hold on to this, like, what beautiful is in one state, like, that's always going to be yeah. different. I don't know. Some powerful shit. It's challenging a lot, I think. Yeah. Like, really, like, 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 outer space in that sense. Like, you, like, you don't, like, you, like, I feel like you live in this, like, this, like, fourth dimensional plane. <laughs> 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 Okay. like I mean I would may not force mention but like 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 metaphysical in that sense like you're you're so past this like three dimensional world with it this I can English properly I just like you're past this three three dimensional world and you're seeing things and speaking on things literally for what they are as opposed to like what people are attaching to it or what anything attaching you know how we always say so like him and i will have these conversations right and we'll we'll get we'll be like none of it's real oh my god none of it's real and then we like freak out because we're like it's all a fucking construct i feel like she's already been seen like like she well she like operates her life yeah so like yeah you like operate (laughs) your life seeing everything as a construct do you know what i mean and like we're I think we're, we're like in that journey, but do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're 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 enlightened. <laughs> no, 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 really no. Exactly, but like exactly. you operate already seeing it all as a construct. But just because I, I can like identify that it's a construct doesn't mean that like, like it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that I don't struggle with all the same shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know totally. what I mean? Like yeah. I I actually just um. I just had this conversation, uh, like, on a Facebook post or something. Um, a photographer friend of mine, she was posting something about, um, like, she doesn't always post, uh, shoot professional models. Mm-hmm. So she was, um, she was saying, like, you know, tips for models before you go on a shoot. And, like, she listed out some things. And there was, some were really, really great. Um, and her and I have worked together before. And she respects me and I respect her. And so... Um, we, we, we do a lot of, um, like, body love conversations together. And um, and so 
one of her friends had had asked her a question she said um what do you do if a oh because she was speaking about like um being willing to take direction and step out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and um she was like one of her friends had said what do you do if a photographer is asking you to do a pose or something that you know your body won't look good in but they're asking you to do it anyway and um she answered and it it was a good answer it it was i i agreed with her and part of it was um trust your trust your photographer uh if they see something that they like then let them do it you know give them give them that on the other hand um what i've learned about myself is yes i have to trust my photographer i don't if i don't trust my photographer then I shouldn't be shooting with that person in the first place because I need to have that trust there that they will get me to uh, allow me to grow and allow me to become something that I hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. And on the other the other side of that is I also want to push myself to to bring on film on camera something that people haven't necessarily seen before or haven't seen in that context before. So I'm always looking like like let let that photographer push you out of your comfort zone. And um, she had said, you know, she she was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And then she said, but then she went and said, but you you know you make it look you're you're always so so confident and so positive, and you're trying to like like you're. <clears throat> focusing on certain things that other people would never focus on and all of these different things and but at the end of the day like when I'm shooting I'm thinking about all the shit that society's Mm -hmm. ever thrown at me Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking you know can you see my double chin should I suck it in where are my shoulders where are my toes where you know is this a good angle is that not a good angle where should I put my hands like all of these things that society puts on us all the time like I I still experience all of that and I still go through all of it and I still question myself all the fucking time. But like, I've gotten to a point now where I can, I catch myself thinking it and I'm like, doesn't matter, like, (laughs) go away. And I just, I I force myself into a different space and, and say, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you can see my double chin it doesn't matter what my foot is it doesn't matter if you can see my belly like it doesn't it doesn't matter because i'm fat and i look fat and that's what it is yeah. like if i didn't want to look fat i wouldn't be fat it like mm-hmm. i look like the way i look and finding an angle or sucking it in isn't going to change that mm-hmm. so um through through doing shoots with with people above my <laughs> above my experience level and um usually it's shooting with new photographers that have never worked with me they always see me in a different light and they're able to create something with me that I've never created before and in doing that um I could even do the same pose with the same with different photographers and get a different photo every mm-hmm. single time because every person approaches beauty and bodies in a different way. So what's beautiful to one person is be- is completely it could be completely opposite to the next person. So 
and it doesn't it doesn't matter who it is we all see things differently so once you understand that not everyone thinks the same thing is beautiful or appealing or pretty or ugly or whatever it may be like you you understand that maybe what you're seeing about yourself or about other people isn't reality either Mm. Mm. (laughs) oh my gosh she did it again oh my god i was like yeah oh my god did you catch that though that's like when oprah says like oh i just had an aha moment she just slayed my whole life right there what the fuck i'm saying right here oh my god that was so powerful i'm gonna be oh my god okay so I, i have a story along the same lines Okay, so, um, I was, I shot with a couple of photographers about the same time, uh, this is a couple years ago now, at this point, um, and experienced, educated, very creative, um, I was very excited to work with them, and, um, both of them were shooting me for publications, and in, in, like, normal fashion world um models don't pick photos like that's that's a that's kind of an amateur thing Mm -hmm. that models pick photos Mm -hmm. um so like if in in the you know big leagues (laughs) you don't get to pick your photos um and it was kind of the first time that i had experienced that and um so we shot and it was done and you know they let me know when my photos were published and i got i got them back from from the one photographer and I saw him and like my initial reaction was I look fat and I'm like oh I am fat so like I'm going to look fat and then once I kind of got over that I was like okay these these are really cool well mm-hmm. those photos went to be published in like the British Journal of Photography and a 17 page spread in some fancy French photography magazine mm-hmm. and now one of them is in Vogue Italia so like <laughs> I just got the chills off like it's it's one of the largest trip off that name she's just <laughs> right <laughs> Vogue Italia what the fuck <laughs> it's just international oh. <laughs> so it, it at that point I was like okay this isn't about me anymore like this I can think whatever I want to think about these photos, but obviously someone who isn't myself, who is, you know, has a different creative mind, who has experience, who knows more about this realm that I'm in, Mm -hmm. thinks that those photos mean something and that they're important and that should be good enough. And so I was like, okay, well, it is like, it's like acceptance, I'm sure. Yeah. Like. And then I shot, I shot I like with that. with another photographer, and um, he's more, more pushing the boundary on, like he he's more of like I really want to like I want to shoot you ugly, like that's what he like he wanted, non, non, excuse me, um, conforming faces and mm-hmm. poses, and like mm-hmm. he wanted something different, and I was like okay you know and so we did it and I got the photos back and I hated them I hated every single photo and I was just like I don't want to post these I don't want and they were published and I was like I don't want to post the link I don't want 
to put any of them anywhere anyone can see. I was mm-hmm. like, I hate them. And I sat on them for a little bit, and I showed them to a few friends, and I was like, I hate these photos. What do you think? And everyone who saw them was like, these are amazing. Why do you hate these so much? <laughs> and I was like, I like you can see this you can see that mm-hmm. I'm, I don't look pretty and they're like you're not supposed to look pretty like that was not yeah. not the point of these yeah. like you are not supposed to look pretty you're supposed to look different and weird and ugly and like that's the whole point of these photos and I was like oh, oh my god to like <sighs> like some of the best photographers of our time like like you think you think of like you think of like Robert Mablethorpe like who literally shoved a whip up his asshole like the, no, remember we 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 we, we saw we saw these at Lakma, the no yeah I I, I was with Kira I'm not sure but like no I think you saw it too but like like Robert Robert, Robert Mablethorpe is a he he was a photographer in like oh, I was like seventies but like his most iconic image is him he shoved a whip up his asshole and like turned around looked at the camera and like grimaced at it and like aesthetically it's a disgusting photo mm-hmm. but like the the power behind it. Like, literally has made him, literally has, like, placed him as one of the most iconic photographers in the world to have that. And it's, like, that whole, and, and everything he shoots has been based off the idea of, like, being ugly. Mm-hmm. And being, again, like, being countercultural in that sense. And, like, I, I just see that I'm amazing that exhibit. Because that exhibit was so, to a lot of people thought it was so disturbing. And I walked through and I was like, this is so fucking dope. Like I mean, I mean, I I I, I, I mean for him it was a, it was a lot of like kind of eroticism as well. I mean, but like and like he like he he pictures like his picture was like literally called like big black hawk <laughs> like and it was just a giant black penis. It was just like mm-hmm. and it's like his whole like, everything that he did was all from that place of this isn't meant to be pretty. This is meant to just say something. And it's just so fucking dope. And even going back to where you're saying the whole like the be beauty relative like. Like as cliched as like the beauty is in the eye, the beholder is like when you think about it, it really is such a deeper meaning than what people just take it as. That's so. It's just like really fucking beautiful. <laughs> like ever so fucking beautiful. Meg, where can we find you? You can find me everywhere. I'm going to tell you. I'm about to look that up as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> I need to see. That is so cool. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Meg Models, and I have a Facebook page too. It's a uh, Facebook dot com slash Megan Kimberling Model. How do you spell that? M e g a n k i m b e r l i n g m o d e l. Yes. Cool education. <laughs> 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 You are an art model. You are a fat activist. You are a woman. You are a leader. You are extraordinary. But how do you identify yourself? I am a white woman who has a glorified hobby of being an art model and a day job to pay the bills. About it. I was waiting for to pull a white chick. I'm a white woman in America. That's why you were laughing. This is why I keep telling you that I'm a white woman. I was like, in America. <laughs> Say it, Meg. <laughs> I'm ready. I was so ready for it. 
Thank you for being being on our podcast. I think you've probably been one of the most like insightful. Oh, I have a blog. Ooh. It's on my website. Oh, I have a website. (laughs) I don't even know how to finish her plug. Damn, you done hopped on to the next thing. (laughs) She might have a Twitter. Uh, Oh, I do. Oh, I have a Twitter. (laughs) Same thing, handle. Make models, bitch. Damn. Uh, no, my Twitter isn't Meg Models because some random lady mm. from I don't know has it. So my Twitter is Megan so Kimberling. Good. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so and then my website is MeganKimberling.com. Okay. Um, I have a blog on my website called Diary of a Fat Art Model. Um, it's more like a journal than like a blog. Um, basically, I go on every week and I just like complain about something or tell you what I did that week or if I have a weird funny story or like this week I um, posted some information about how to donate to uh, Hurricane Maria Puerto Rico devastation Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes I post you know what I'm working on or a new thing I have coming out it's kind of whatever I feel like posting that day of the week Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, whatever's coming up but um Sometimes I, you know, write a long story. Like, um, I was re-traumatized with PTSD in April, I want to say, of this year. And the whole story about it, I wrote on the blog. So, um, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it's way more in, like, a journal form than any kind of, like, normal professional blog. But I love that, though. There's a lot to be taken from, from stuff that's written like that. So, that's great. Well, thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Megan Kimberly, Meg Models. Follow her. Yes, please. Your life's about to be shook. Just like we've been <laughs> this whole motherfucking episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Self Podcast. We appreciate you, and we are so honored to have you with us on this journey of exploration. Join us next week as we take another step on this road to discovery. I'm Jordan Daniels. And I am Emily Ayers, and And this this is is a self-podcast.